Welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's January 4th, 2023. I'm Rick Morton, and this is the Defender Podcast. Well, Happy New Year to all of you from those of us here at Lifeline Children's Services and the Defender Podcast. We're excited that you're joining us here on this first Wednesday of 2023. We're beginning the new year in a strong way, and we're going to begin our podcast year by going back to our most listened to episode of 2022. And so we are going to listen to the second part of our interview uh, the interview that Herbie and I did on on April the 27th, 2022, with Mary Beth and Stephen Curtis Chapman. Um, most of you that are listening to this podcast are well familiar with the Chapmans. You know uh, Stephen's music and Mary Beth's writing and a lot about their story and a lot about their family. Um, they are people that we undeniably can say have made an impact on both my life and Herbie's life. And uh, we, we laughed even as we were um, recording that interview and, and spending time with them that, uh, that Stephen really probably sang the soundtrack to, you know, to our lives and, and our growth. And uh, there's a whole lot that I think a lot of us owe in our family and uh, even in the way that God has impressed us to Uh, to serve the fatherless that is informed by um, the lives of Mary Beth and Stephen Curtis Chapman. And so it's an incredible pleasure um, to know them, to to call them friends, to call them ministry partners, and and we just had a blast sitting down and talking with them. In today's episode, we're going to be talking in particular about a pretty heavy subject. We're going to we're going to take on the subject of grief and and talk to the Chapmans and 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 just to learn a little bit of what they've learned as a family, what they've learned as a couple um, over the years as um, as they walk through some very dark seasons and and have have really wrestled in the depths of grief, but also can testify to the fact that in those moments that they've really seen the goodness of God. Before we um, turn to our interview, we do want to remind you about parent coaching. Uh, Lifeline has dedicated uh, resources to helping families not just to survive, uh, but to thrive. And, and one of the ways that we do that is, is through parent coaching. Parent coaching uh, brings you into a one-on-one relationship with a, with a trained, experienced professional uh, who understands trust-based relational intervention and other things that are that are important in in parenting a child that's come from a hard place in parent coaching you meet in a one-on-one session with a parent coach and uh, and that coach is able to talk about the the real world of, of, of the actual things that are going on in your life and in your family and to help you to apply the training that you've received and and maybe the things that you've learned along the way uh, in in ways that will uh, that will help um, to cut out some of the some of the difficulty and some of the maybe some of the hard uh, that you're experiencing in your family, we'd like to invite you to um, to learn more about parent coaching and, and possibly schedule uh, a session with a parent coach online um, delivered at at a time that's convenient to you. If you'd like to learn more about parent coaching, you can go to lifelinechild.org/parent-coaching. That's lifelinechild.org backslash parent dash coaching or you can look in the show notes um, for the information of how to get to and schedule uh, a session with one of our parent coaches 
So as we turn our attention now to our episode that, that aired first on April the 27th, 2022, we're going we're gonna to go in and spend a few minutes um, with the second part of our conversation with Stephen Curtis. So we want to pick up where we kind of left okay. off last week with our conversation. And obviously, you know, grief and loss is something that, that happens in all of our lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last week we talked even about how when you walk into adoption and, and even today with all the things we know, people still think, well, love will be enough. Right. And I think we even have this idea of, you know, pushing up daisies and daffodils when we adopt and everything's just going to be this primrose path. But that's not scriptural. When we read the Bible, the Lord right. never calls us to anything that's easy. Should have started yeah. a casino. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, strip club casino? Yeah. The enemy would have left us alone. That's right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You yeah. know what right. You, you guys know. You know. No, absolutely. No, it's like you're right. You get like, into the... When you push up yeah. against the things oh. that, yes. that are passionate or when you push up against the things of the enemy of this world mm-hmm. that are passionate about the heart of the father, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to meet hurt. And yeah. yet through it all, it's those moments that we never would want to go through that the Lord uses so much for his glory and for his good. And I, I remember watching Larry King live and seeing your whole family, you know, you and you and your three oldest kids on Larry King live and to know something that never in a million years would you ever want to experience to see the Lord use that for his gospel to go forth mm-hmm. on a cable news network. And I, I remember too, at that moment. And I think obviously something y'all knew, like your ministry will never be the same. Um, and show hope will never be the same. Your personal lives will never be the same. Your music will never be the same. But I think for a lot, they may not go to the depths of that type of grief and loss that y'all have gone through, but grief and loss is a part of our story. And so without trying to make y'all rehash those events, I want to take maybe different part and say, what is going through some of the hardest grief and loss that anyone could ever go through? What has it taught you about the character of God? And how would you encourage other families that are entering into even an adoption journey to be prepared for the grief and loss that comes with adoption? Well, I'll I'll start because um, I know we both have lots lots to that we have pondered. I start to say lots to say, but sometimes mm-hmm. you know when we start trying to say it, there's there's <laughs> we're still trying to formulate a lot of it because it is a journey that that we're on, and it's kind of a uh, an unfolding you know story. I mean, we're you know, watching even our, our kids process this grief and loss and trauma, you know, at, you know, 20 years old, uh, or 30 years old when they were, you know, 14 years younger Mm -hmm. and even how they, they're processing. So it's an, it's a, it is definitely a, an ongoing, uh, journey for us in that um I, the first thing that just came to my mind is as you were talking about what has that taught you or what is it teaching us again i think it's you know more that ongoing process uh, about god and um his character and and just 
our relationship with him. I think so much of scripture, uh, you know, growing up, seeing it through a lens of the gospel was really presented to me and probably a lot of people in my generation, um, kind of on the heels of the Jesus movement and all of that, that God loves you and has a wonderful plan mm -hmm. for your life. And the way that is interpreted is, man, this is, why would you not, yeah. you know, want to do this because you follow, you know, you follow God's plan for your life. It's going to be wonderful. And, um, and, and I, in fact, I have a song uh, on my new, some of the new music I'm writing that begins with a lyric that says, I grew up singing a song that told me every day with Jesus would be sweeter than the day before. Mm. So we all remember that hymn. If you grew up as I did, you know, singing that, that hymn and, uh, and the preacher said, this is the gospel. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And, uh, and every word of that's true, but the trouble with, with the truth is there's a lot we just don't understand this side of heaven. And so I think processing that, you know, for, for us has been looking back at, and, and you said it, you know, Harvey, that, you know, scripture never promised that, but you can certainly take, you know, certain verses and highlight them and get, get that, you know, version of what it's going to look like to follow Jesus. If you don't, you know, get, get too deep into it and begin to realize, wait a minute, Jesus said in this world, you're, you're going to have trouble. Let's look at the lives of those who were his followers right, right out of the gate. Right. Where, where did that lead them? Ooh, wow. That was not the, the wonderful plan that I might interpret it to be go back into the Psalms. And I think for me, particularly the Psalms, became a completely different experience of, of and, and really a, a different book in the Bible, having walked through the journey of losing our daughter. Because so often as a musician, a songwriter, I grew up singing the songs, you know, that were, you know, the, uh, you know, thy loving kindness is better than life. And, <laughs> you know, his banner over me is love and better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. You know, all these just really hopeful, awesome, Man, those that makes me feel really good and skipped over so much of the beginning of even a lot of those very passages that start with how long, oh, Lord, are you going to forget me forever? You know, I mean, you read that and it's you, you hear, you know, the psalmist, you know, just saying it, it, it's implying that, you know, you've forgotten me, God. Mm -hmm. And is this forever? Because I feel forgotten. I'm not on your radar. I don't even know if you are hearing me or if you mm -hmm. exist or, it, you know, wrestling mm -hmm. deeply with confusion, even anger and all of those things. God didn't edit that out, mm -hmm. you know, and then you see the, the psalmist getting to the point to go. OK, deep breath, <laughs> pound on my chest here for a minute, get the heart and go. So why are you so downcast in me? You know, this, this conversation that you begin to see where it's like hope in God, women, you got to drop anchor again in what's true because the circumstances, your emotions, your feelings, all of that. And the wonderful, amazing thing is it never, ever did you hear God saying, you know, nope, don't, don't go there. I'd say, no, go there. Just take me there yeah. with you. Cause I'm there. I'm already there and go wrestle with it, but you don't, you don't wrestle with it alone. And and pour out your heart to me mm -hmm. and then come back to that place. If you, if you will, it's where I'm leading you to come back to the place to say, 
all right, I'm going to, I'm going to believe that, you know, I would have lost hope. You know, scripture says if I didn't believe we would see the goodness of the Lord, even in the land of the living, you know, there's a part of us that hangs on to like, okay, I know that day's coming when we're finally going to get there and God's going to wipe every tear from our eyes. So I guess I just have to hold my breath and just, you know, and that's the part I think for the journey of adoption for so many families, part of the process for us has been saying, we really believe God's actually mm-hmm. going to show up. It doesn't mean it's all going to get fixed and get made, you know, all better, but he's going to actually show up in the land of the living while we're still here, this side of heaven, we're still going to live with brokenness. We're going to live with shattered, broken hearts, unfixable things that we don't have answers for, but God's going to meet us even in that. Um, that's, that's some of what I feel like I know I, and we have learned in this process about the heart of God and in this journey. Yeah. I, I think, um, obviously, amen, all of that. It's It's been, uh, I call it a lot of times for us personally, a, as it pertains to the accident, kind of a long walk out. <laughs> That's what I, it's, it's, I, I tell Steve, a lot of times I have this kind of vision in my head of me being right on the edge of this really thick forest. And when I'm in it, can't, literally can't see, can't see the sunlight, can't see anything. But, you know, every so often I'm still like, I'm wandering on the edge and then past the forest is this, awesome warm sunny meadow like you know so it's like it's just like this long walk out of just trusting the lord to 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 be goodness in the land of the living mm-hmm. and and in in my journey what what's um i i think what maybe might resonate with someone who's like on the adoption journey i i think we when we walk into adoption we have that idea of what it's going to be mm-hmm. no matter how prepared we we even may be for it to be hard mm-hmm. or for it to be a little difficult or an adjustment. I think secretly we're thinking it's all going to go well because, mm-hmm. you know, those promises we highlighted, you know. Yeah. And then when when it doesn't and it gets hard and, and that can be everything from it being really difficult with a really difficult situation with a child. You can also just be mourning the loss of it's different, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden I'm a mom to an infant and I had a nine, 12 and 13 year old. And there's a whole lot to mourn of what I just lost. It just set me back <laughs> a decade, you know, just, and that's okay. Like right. you, you gotta feel that like that it's different. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm grieving currently. I grieve a little bit differently that I don't have now as much time with my grandchildren because I'm still parenting, right. you know, the just now getting into that emptiness. So, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I had the grandchildren when, I normally would have been completely available. You know, I'm parenting. I tried to warn them. I tried to warn them. And came and went like, what you're, you're at, what you're asking is a trade-off. Like yeah, I'm not right. going to be able to, you know, anyways, but, um, but there's grief, right. And, and, and whatever that is, I think in my personal grief of, of deeply grieving the loss of a child is that, is that, um, God is there. Mm. Um, and he's like Steve said, he's just as present on those days as he is the days where it's like, I can feel the sunshine. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually out of the forest and I can, I can actually taste it and see it. And he has, he has proven that he had, you know, I, I'm wrestling with you over in the forest where it's cold mm-hmm. and shouted, but I'm also over here. And I think, but that's 20 steps forward and 10 steps back. That's yeah. my journey. My journey is it hasn't been just an up, uphill, uphill. It's getting better, better, better. And the, and the further, I, I walk away, you know, you know, also have 
you know, I'm not walking away from Maria. I'm walking toward her, which is true. Like mm-hmm. as Christians, we believe that I'm walking towards a day that, that all of this will make sense, mm-hmm. right? That it's not going to make any sense here. And, and, and it goes without saying that, um, I would, would give anything for that day to have just push rewind and it not happen. But because of it, what do we do? And, and, and we can only offer, mm-hmm. you know, our, our deep pain and brokenness to go. We've, we're surviving. And sometimes it's a minute at a time because it, it's still, it's been, it'll be 14 years in May. Um, and sometimes it's just as fresh as it happened yesterday. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like, okay, God, you know, you're really, you really are here and you're really in this healing game, but it is, it's up and down and up and down and up and down. And um, we grieve differently. Stephen and I, that's the other thing that really surprised us was, um, I mean, Scotty told us, I think day one or two after the accident, it's like, he reminded us how many parents divorce after the loss of a child. I'm like, okay, I don't need to be told that right now. Um, you know, and, and, and yet very true. We, we grieve very differently. And on a day I might be doing better. He's not doing so good. All of that, that all runs parallel with the adoption journey, right? Mm. There's days that dad's got it. Mom doesn't, mom's about to lose her mind. You know, there's days that's opposite. And so I think if we can just remember that it, it's, it, you know, is, as um, quippy as it sounds, it is a marathon and it's Mm -hmm. not a sprint and that, God's got us. Um, he has been in my life and particularly watching my son's journey. That boy has been prayed for probably more than, than most for sure. At one given point in his life, probably the most prayed for young man on the planet. And God has shown up in ways that I can't even begin to articulate that he was going to care very well for him Mm. and why, why it has to be that for, that has to be a story. I won't understand. That's question number one on my list of questions for God. When I get to heaven that I won't need to ask because I'll be in heaven, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I have my list. list. I have a list. I have a big list, a long list. (laughs) Um, But, but he has really just such a visual of the way God Mm. cares for um, for people who are in deep, deep, deep grief. And so I guess just, um, long way to say that there is just so much hope in the mm-hmm. gospel. And, and this week is a great week to talk mm-hmm. about that as you know, we're leading up to Easter, you know, mm-hmm. we, we mm-hmm. have a great time celebrating Christmas, right. You know, in the birth of Jesus, mm-hmm. but do we really sit in the, in the week between mm-hmm. Palm Sunday and Easter when, you know, he was walking mm-hmm. towards the cross and, um, and so just to, just to be reminded that, you know, the days that Mary Beth is having the big pity party and, and just about as sad as it can be, you know, he's just as present as on the day that, that things are going really well. And so I think that's, it's not easy to do, yeah. um, but to remember that on our journeys, because I know there's a lot of families who are, who are struggling and, and, and fighting that day in and day out of just wanting to give up and not and not thinking that anybody's seeing or hearing um god does see and hear mm. and and the story is always unfolding yes. and yet we get glimpses right in the middle of the unfolding the story right. I, I, I even thinking about holy week had the opportunity to preach for palm sunday and talking about the peace of palm sunday 
And part of that peace is that Jerusalem was the city of peace. But yet during Holy Week, it seemed like nothing. It wasn't the city of peace. And even today, if we look at Jerusalem from a geopolitical sense, it's not a city of peace. It's not a city of peace at all. But the peace that was bought was the peace that was was bought during Holy Week when Jesus was condemned unjustly, um, when you know his disciples scattered as fast as they could, and yet he purchased peace on the cross. Mm-hmm. And so during Holy Week, even I'm sure you know on Saturday when it's silent, the disciples are huddled together like, "What in the world has this been about?" Mm-hmm. But but God is unfolding that story, and I think going through grief and loss it's so important to remember. There's a greater end and we can't see it. We can't. And I think, you know, just even listening to the two of you share just then, I mean, Psalm one thirty or Psalm one thirty nine was just echoing in my mind. And and we, you know, that's one of those in in the orphan care world that I feel like we like we run up the flagpole a lot <laughs> and and talk about in terms of God's care for kids. Yeah. And yeah. and his heart for, you know, the vulnerable. And and I think but what an encouragement for us to say, it doesn't matter the depths, the heights, the, the all of the things in between. Like the thing that we get is, is we get the Lord's presence and, and things that we would not choose and things that we would not want to walk through are, are moments where those things are like, they're, that's tangible. Like, like those are the, those are the places where where we where we see and, and feel and hear and commune with the Lord in ways that we might not otherwise even have the opportunity to do. I, I you know I've told this story a lot, but I, I think in you know very early on in our adoption journey, I was we were like in the paperwork process heading you know toward adoption, and um, Russ Moore and I were teaching together. And one day Russ stopped me in the hallway and he was like, man, how are you doing? And I just spewed on him. Mm. I mean, it was just and embarrassing stuff now to say, man. But but I remember in in his in, in his grace and his in his wisdom, he pointed, he pointed his finger in my face and he said, you know, you need to remember that through this process, you're going to learn things about God that you would have no other way. And what I didn't understand, you know, fully was the number of times that that would reveal things in, in, in me and in our family and in each other that were just not a whole lot like Jesus and, and were, were things that God was, was working in and working out of us. But, um, I just thank you for your transparency to, to say that even in, even in the hard and the hardest of hard that um like you, you can and you do confidently say that the lord's the lord's there and and i think there are people there are people in the adoption community right now that are probably struggling to mm-hmm. embrace that yeah yeah you because they don't like it i mean mm-hmm. they also like that's where i was like mm-hmm. man okay i'm thinking it i might as well say it lord I don't like this. Mm-hmm. This was not good. This did not feel like this was mm-hmm. what was best for our family. And that sounds like a cool joke at best, but walking it out and having to live it, you can't, you can't, 
he can't outlove the Lord. And he really did. He really was there in, mm-hmm. and, and still not liking how that story played out. Still saying, mm-hmm. but, but can we just, can we push rewind it and just be a different way? Can it be a different way? Can it be a different way? But yet God, I don't, I don't, we won't know until heaven really, you know, you know, what was best, what's best is for Marie to be in our family and for Marie to grow up and for Maria to, you know, be about her shenanigans that she was always about and, you know, all the things, but, but God, you know, God's story, God's unfolding, God's glorious Mm -hmm. unfolding of the story is to trust at that level to go, no, to to say, I trust you in that is to like, say that that was okay. It's not okay. Like you, you have to understand that. Hear me say, I'm a mom. That's not, it's not okay. But yet I have to trust that ultimately that story will have such a amazing, you know, I cannot wait, you know, Mm -hmm. to see that reunion. um, Yeah. It's, it's, I say this night after night when I'm, you know, sharing, trying to encourage people in my concerts. Um, and I really feel like it's the message that God's kind of given me and us um, in our unique ways of expressing it. But, you know, just this, the reality of that the story is not over yet. Mm-hmm. And you just said, you know, it's just this unfolding story. And I mean, that has become the, um, such the, you know, just, just where I feel like for us to have to continue to encourage ourselves, our own hearts and other families, because I mean, we, we've just journeyed in and as life goes on and now look back on, you know, the songs I wrote and the things in the early days. And thankfully I can say, God, you know, none of it, I don't cringe at any of it and go, boy, what was I thinking? (laughs) I just had no, I just had a very little clue of what I was saying when I said, you know, Hey, it's going to be an adventure. We're going to go on mountains, you know, you know, we'll, we'll travel over mountains so high. We'll go through valleys so deep, you know, still through it all, you know, we'll find this is the greatest journey the human heart will ever know quoting my own lyrics. So that's pretty bad, but, um, but it's, you know, I wrote that and it was like, you know, here we are on this adventure. It is all, you know, absolutely true in our journey. But, you know, when we encounter I mean, just even things that our extended family, you know, we're walking through now with mental illness and and issues that are just heartbreaking. And God, just why why won't you fix this? You know, and the the things that we've walked through, God, you could just that you could have this could have been done so differently. And then watching and walking through with families and the adoption journey and the brokenness and the trauma and getting an understanding of that and seeing God's hand in the equipping of and the incredible things that are that are there that we didn't know about. But but even with those still going, but God, I don't still know if it's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember just that little quote of that Beth Moore uh, shared in a in a amazing thing that she talked about in some of her own journey and says, you know, gotta keep asking you to change this and change this. But could it be that you're could it be that your perfect will is just this hard right now? Mm-hmm. And, and what do we do with that? How do we, you know, process that to go, sure, could it well. really be that, that, you know, God is, and, and it all for me, I think, and for us is, has to be anchored in what Paul says, you know, if our hope is only for this life, right. we're, we're 
Jesus to be pitied. Right. right. We are, it, it is a pity, pitiful, you know, not, you know, but in a sense, there's just what a sad reality to think, man, my hope is just, if I, if I, you know, if I trust God, um, this life is going to go good. Mm-hmm. And that's my entire faith journey. Yeah. It's got to be anchored mm-hmm. in yeah. a belief and a knowing that it's the blink of an eye. It's a very, very slow, long blink. Sometimes it feels mm-hmm. like, but can we really believe that the day is coming and God's promise he's going to wipe every tear from our eyes. The broken things are going and to be I, made I think, whole. And I, I think with that then comes the invitation mm-hmm. to, to step into, mm-hmm. okay, so what do we do yeah. with that hard, hard story? Yeah. What does show hope do? What does yeah. lifeline do? Which is mm-hmm. why, again, I will say we love lifeline. Show hope loves lifeline. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, we want to engage in those hard stories. What part can we be yeah. then? Mm-hmm. We, we know yeah. there's hard stories and we know there are families that are in hard places. So what part of God's story that he's writing, it's, it goes back to the invitation mm-hmm. to go, Hey, you can be part of this. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be so hard for them, you know, be part of it, mm-hmm. you know, be part of helping, you know, and then we get invited into, mm-hmm. you know, gosh, if this wouldn't have happened back here, mm-hmm. And yeah. then maybe not this, and we can be part of kind of that forward momentum, um, which is why you know we love working with you guys and and the incredible staff at, at Show Hope and all all yeah. we get to do. And we get the opportunity get to the do opportunity. that. In, That's right. In the context of community. That's right. You know, like I mean, part of part of what you've kind of woven together is that that at no point on this journey, yes, God was there, but also also God's people were there. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, I, I fear sometimes for families that are, that are walking through some of the circumstances that we walk through that the, like the very, the very human and probably the sinful piece of us wants to just turn inward and withdraw yeah. and mm-hmm. to get away and to hide. Mm-hmm. And, and the, and the truth is, um, I'll just say, I'm really thankful for the two of them mm-hmm. because, because I think it is, uh, Thanks for thanks for encouraging and modeling us, modeling for us to do it in the context of community, mm-hmm. to bring people around, to to have that community. And I, I, um, because I, I think it it amazes me to walk into churches with families that are work, walking through unspeakably hard things in adoption and foster care, who. Like they don't have a community that they can go in and just drop the mask and be themselves and tell the truth. Yeah. And and that part of what part of what I think we all want in that is for for the body of Christ to be a place where we we can be okay not being okay. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah. because we know at the end of the day that that this this mess is not all there is. That's right. Yeah. And um and 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 I I think the you know, just part of the plea I would throw out to folks that are listening is if you're if you're walking through and you don't have somebody, pray that the Lord shows you somebody and yeah. brings you somebody. Yeah. Um, because because we we're not strong enough to do this alone without the Lord. We're not strong enough to do it without God's people. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I would I would also say the same thing to anybody that is in a working in a church environment, mm-hmm. be sensitive to those families. Yeah. You know, because oh, yeah. I think I think sometimes I think sometimes churches, it's it's not because they mean to. It's just 
they are not as in tune to this family's really hurting. Right. And the they don't they don't need to be looked at like this is the family with the child that this or this is the family. Mm-hmm. You know, they really need to be embraced. And I don't know how we do that, but you know, we're all working at it, right? We're all trying to help churches become better equipped to go. How do we now come around these families too? So you know, it's it's really both ways to really look at that that communal piece where these families are, you know, just being sensitive to the families that are hurt. So it's, it's, um, we get to be part of that, right? We get to be part of of going deeper and helping change. It's like in a physical nature, you know, so many times if somewhere we're walking with a broken arm, Oh, are you okay? Can I help you? Because we see it. Yeah. But if they come in with an internal bleed, that's actually a lot more damaging. We don't know how to help them. Sometimes we even know they're, anything's going on that's right and so we need to pray that the holy spirit would help us be sensitive and intuitive intuitive. to the walking wounded that are coming in daily and weekly to our churches and to our presence and to our lives yeah to really give them a place to say it's okay to not be okay like you know it's like we try to put on our sunday best Mm -hmm. and all you know i had a friend friend a couple weeks ago hey the first time i saw you and stephen we were visiting Christ Community Church, and Stephen had the two boys out out in the north edge, just wearing them out. <laughs> you were giving them, a, you were giving them a whatnot for like you probably were. not taking sermon notes or something. Probably, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I'm not sure. And I just thought, oh my gosh, there's us being normal. Steve's got, Steve's got Caleb and Will, and I'm I'm just like, well, okay, they saw us, you know, our complete brokenness, but so much, you know, so so much of the time we just go in and we're trying to like act right, you know, you know, do you, you know, be right, look good, you know, don't don't show mm-hmm. your weakness and and you know we really need church to be a place where we can show our weakness and especially adopted adoptive families are you know and and i've heard so many great stories about churches becoming so much more intuitive Mm -hmm. to to adoptive families needs and and so yeah um we get to do it as part Mm -hmm. of a community to to to, you know incite change and 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 for for good for good causes well one of the things and Stephen, you talked about it just a minute ago about even quoting your song, but uh, I'll geek out for a minute. One of the things that I really appreciate about your ministry is I remember getting the cassette tape <laughs> and getting the fold out. Oh, yeah. I'd like to, I'd yeah, like to and, go on yeah. note to say there was yeah. no eight tracks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I didn't but, miss that. Yeah, yeah. The, the only, the yeah. only um, yeah. format yeah. that you yeah. missed. And seeing that every song was based upon God's word. Because, mm-hmm. and I don't even, yeah. you know, I don't even know if you knew that those of us that were getting it were appreciating it. Yeah. But it was like, I even remember listening to your song and then going back and reading God's word. I was like, man, he did a beautiful job of capturing that. And I, I think about what you have gone through and then songs that you've written that were based on God's word, like his strength is perfect mm-hmm. or my redeemer is faithful and true. Going through grief and loss, and, and you touched on it with even the Psalms, how has God's word been truly a lamp into y'all's path and a light into your feet? Well, I I love the way my wife references that scripture because I don't want to steal your it's okay. you your thunder. Story. You should you should okay. you should tell it. Can we tell it? Yeah, I mean, I've given you credit. I'll make yeah. sure you. This is Mary Beth Chapman's words. These are these are Mary Beth Chapman's words. Um, I'm quoting Mary Beth Chapman, um, New York Times bestselling author. Um, okay, sorry. All right, I'll straighten it. Um, but she, uh, we've talked about that. You know, even that verse, um, how we want that to be. You know, a 
a flood flood lamp light, you know, flood lamp that, you know, shines High for beams. miles, you know, and, and wide and, and, you know, lights up the whole, you know, the, the whole journey for the next few miles. And the truth is a lamp, you know, mm. is just this little thing you're carrying that gives you just about enough light for your next step or two. Mm. Um, and even that being a, a, something that, um, you know, it's, it is a journey of faith. I remember, you know, at our very beginning of our adoption journey, um, hearing my wife say, I think we were talking with someone about it, maybe in an in, in interview, but it was before we had, you know, even gotten showy home. And I remember it, it doesn't sound that profound to say it now, but it just was very profound. I think for you to say, you know, I guess this is why it's called faith. I don't know where this is going to go. I don't, there's a lot of questions. I still have a lot of fear. I still have a lot of doubt. I mean, we got to China and, you know, I remember don't you sitting story. on the bed with <laughs> our kids and they're bringing our daughter up the, you know, showy up the elevator and they say, she's here and we're coming up to your room and we're sitting in Changchao, China in the Grand Sun City Hotel waiting to meet our daughter. And Mary Beth sets down our three kids who were with us, Emily and Tanner, Caleb and Will at the time, and sets them, up, sets them on the bed and says, okay, guys, we're getting ready to meet your sister. And mom is not really sure what, it, what I'm going to do. It's going to happen in the next do. 24 hours. <laughs> I might not be the mom you ever recognize again. I'm, I don't know. I mean, she didn't even know what she was saying. Basically she's saying, I might lose my mind. I don't know what's going to happen. And if you don't I, know me or yeah. I, I just remember, I always loved you and I will always That's love you. I mean, that's it was literally I like, I'm like, what is, and they're looking at her like, what is mom saying right now? I don't, and I'm just kind of like, well, I don't know. Just, 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 just roll with it. Just go with it. Will Franklin was nine, Caleb was 10 and Emily yeah. just turned 13 and they're looking yeah. at me like, yeah. And she was terrified in some ways and yet just taking the steps of faith. And I just remember hearing you say, I guess that's why it's called faith. It actually requires faith, mm-hmm. which means you don't, you, you got God's word, but even some of it is a mystery. Some of it doesn't, you're not going to understand it until you get mm-hmm. down the path, but can you trust the mm-hmm. next step? And trust the next step and and really begin to, you know, see uh, and, and watch how God does bring his word to bear, you know, in the moments that you need it and just anchor your heart to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's that we have this hope as an anchor, you know, scripture says. And I think for us, that's just been all right, God, you promised this. You said this. So we're trusting you to honor your word. And we're just going to we're going to have to take the next step. With this little lamp, uh, it gives us, you know, it, it really is. Steps. Yeah, it really is true because I, I don't consider myself. Obviously, I'm not a Bible scholar and we have the theologian in our family, Emily. <laughs> and this this guy to the right of me knows quite a lot. And so I always feel a little um, ill prepared, when you know, in scripture. But it is amazing when you do hide that word in your heart. Um, the one thing I can say, and I, I think that you would bear witness to this is when we lost Maria, what I didn't even know was buried in me came out. Like Mm. it came out Mm. like Mm. just in the ER to my kids Mm. and, you know, to my family. And, 
and and to the point that even now today sometimes I I'm I miss that part of it's like mm-hmm. man that really that was me too mm-hmm. you know that's like buried in me and it and and so to anchor your yourself to the sermons that you're hearing mm-hmm. and the scripture that you're reading mm-hmm. and and all of that is is it really is this is gonna sound cheesy. A lifeline. <laughs> wow, that was so good. It's almost like you planned that. Oh, yeah. 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 I actually looked up and saw that pen. And I was yeah. like, it really yeah. is. So maybe you've used that sound yeah. a few other Yeah. <laughs> so kind of as our time comes to a close, I guess the question probably many would have is, so what's next for your family? Like, if you as you look ahead, what are, what are those plans? I think you mentioned maybe our last episode, maybe a new album. Like, what are those things people can look forward to from Show Hope and from your family? Well, we would both probably like to say a really long nap is, uh, is, is coming, um, you know, and learning to, you know, somehow rest more. We are empty nesters now. This is a season of life for us that um, is bringing us to Alabama a lot as of late. We're not really sure you know, what that's about. No, we're going to see our daughter, um, Stevie Joy, cheer uh, at the University of Alabama football games and basketball games. But I am. Uh, I've been writing some new music. Um, not really sure I was going to ever make another recording. Um, I, I keep wanting to say album and then people go, what is that? <laughs> record. What are those anymore? Cassette. Yeah, an I'm, I'm going to make another cassette tape. Um, but because everything is so different about, you know, just the way people even listen to music and do they listen to full recordings of, you know, uh, many songs that you know, that kind of weave a story. That's what I love to do. And I've loved, you know, the opportunity to do all these years. And um, I think this pandemic and this season of life, uh, you know, perspective of where we are, where I am, things that I, songs that I would write that I wouldn't have written 10, 5, 20, 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, that seemed to become important. I felt like I was really compelled to say, I think there are some things that might be, and I don't know, will it be, you know, uh, you know, 10 people or 10,000, you know, that'll hear it and, and receive it. But it seems important uh, and, and stewarding this uh, well to to offer it for people to have this encouragement and to hear this perspective of kind of where we are in our journey now. And um, so uh, have done that, recorded those songs, finishing that up. It should be out uh, this fall coming coming uh, out. And um, we are uh, together in the process of, you know, I think with this empty nest, we've had this sort of idea and we've, we've dabbled in it. a little scary. We've dabbled <laughs> a time or two with um, some things that we've done together, um, you know, just sharing our journey and our story, particularly um, Mary Beth wrote a book, Choosing to See, mm-hmm. a few years ago, and, um, and just trying to steward that well. She came out and did some things with me on the road. And over the years, people have asked, as you can tell, she has great things to say and wisdom. And obviously the show hope journey, she is a, a brilliant and that her knowledge uh, is, is so rich and, and deep in that area that I think encourages families and encourages people. Her honesty that always has me a little nervous of where's where she's going to go. She'll just say it, tell it like it is, uh, which is a beautiful, wonderful thing. And people have appreciated. And so we've been approached about doing more things together, even writing a book together. 
which we are in the early process of beginning to meet with some people and and uh, start, you know. So hopefully I won't hurt you. No, I'm just tentative, tentatively. <laughs> Steve disappears. In no, a, no. In a, you know, with, with fear and, and trembling, uh, we are taking steps in that direction, but really feel like there are some, maybe some opportunities there for us. Um, and, um, and then just, yes. Yeah, learning how to, yeah, learning how to be empty nesters has been an un, unusual year. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be, I was kind of looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. And obviously empty nest, I mean, the girls aren't out of college yet, so I don't consider myself completely empty nester, <laughs> but I do have six grandchildren. So, mm -hmm. you know, kind of getting to spend mm -hmm. some more time mm -hmm. with them. We just recently took our oldest granddaughter. We, we've told all of them when they turn 10, we'll take them on a trip of their choosing within reason. Um, and so Eileen, this Emily's oldest, wanted to, who is like a chip off her mother's block. I'm like, oh no, it's another one. You know, I'm like, Eileen, you're 10. Start telling your mom you want a baby. <laughs> this would be, be payback, you know, yeah. you know, so no. But um, we just took her, she wanted to learn how to snowboard. So here we go. Steve, I mean, I didn't teach her, but Steven did get on slopes with her. We actually got her some lessons. But, um, so we spent a few days with her. So we're looking forward to kind of being Grammy and Pop Pops and um, spending some time with them. And and then, you know, I'll be I'll be doing the show hope thing. Um, and um, I'm I'm still pretty involved there. Um, and we just looking forward to telling more people about our work and. And yeah, so we're just kind of the the same old, same old in different, different, you know, different ages. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. But, and no yeah. mullet. That's no right. Without Come on, man. Mullet. No. Yeah. And I do get to scream. I mean, I guess time. I shouldn't say it, but I do get to scream Roll Tide quite a bit, which yes. I, if you would have told me that that's what I'd be doing mm -hmm. and I'd not have one but two daughters, I think, you know, it's it's unbelievable you know one of them is about to start her last year of a master's in social work wow. so you know lifeline needs to come to tennessee you know i don't know i mean it's you just never know i mean plant i'm planting seeds but um uh yeah so we're just we'll be here a lot so anytime you need us to come by we'll just swing through on our way to tuscaloosa you know how good it is to hear the two of you say rule Oh right. <laughs> I mean, I, so I mean, I'm in Alabama, so I get kind of like I was asking somebody we're doing the prayer breakfast for Alabama in the morning, but it's at it's at University of Alabama, so I'm like, they're gonna be bands there. And, and someone said, no, this is like West Alabama, so yeah. it'll be it'll yeah, be like yeah. Alabama. Safe, I'm sorry, safe. 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 Like yeah, so look up. I want to be sure I'm correct in my. You're good. Yeah. Well, friends, we thank you all so much for taking this time, and I think I say this for a lot of different people and I have my own story of how you guys have encouraged me through your journey, but thank you. Thank you for being faithful. Even when it was hard, thank you for sticking in it. And I think we're so, so many of us are glad that God sovereignly gave you all the same mailbox yeah. in college, <laughs> yes. uh, but your family has been such an encouragement. And I think even my journey, I've, I've told y'all this privately, but to say it publicly, like, 2002, my wife Ashley and I went to a concert and saw the video of Shoei coming home wow. and walked away from that concert Ooh. going, okay, Lord, how are we, what are we supposed to do with this? And even praying through adoption and what that meant for our family, didn't know it lead us to Lifeline. And then <clears throat> I remember when y'all started Show Hope, I started calling to try to advocate for our families and to be able to partner with you guys. It's just such a blessing. But for so many people who will listen to this podcast, thank y'all for being true. Mm -hmm. um, and thank you for allowing 
Jesus direct your story even when it's been difficult. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.